Hello, episode 29, Tell Me Where to Turn. Uh, Glenn here and Tommy is with me. We do not have Dave this week. It is a non-Dave week, whether you consider that a, a blessing or a curse. Poor Dave. Yeah, he was really adamant calling from his sick bed that he did not have diarrhea and repeatedly said he didn't. As we all know, the more you deny it, the more clear it becomes that that's exactly what you're suffering from. Yeah, he tried to cover it up with with allergies or, you know, some other excuse, but I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that allergy excuse for any reason. His reasoning was something about the well, I've got a big day tomorrow. I've got some stuff to do. I just want to be safe, which is all code for he's got diarrhea and he can't be with within more than like 10 feet of the pot at any point. Yeah. I mean, we are back on the on the phones this week, so he could have just, you know, put in the earbuds there in the the throne of Dave and just podcasted from there. I don't think anybody would have known the difference. Conveniently muted it every time he had to courtesy flush for himself, you know. Yeah, it's just weak. Weak excuse, but uh we anticipate that he'll he'll be back uh next week. And he did he did send me his NFL playoff picks all the way to the Super Bowl so we could keep our bit going. Okay, good. I, I was going to ask about that actually. I do have those written down. I want to go back to one thing you said a second ago. I didn't want to let this slip by because this has got to be one of my top pet peeves, which is when you're in the office and, and somebody near you is just clearly sick. I mean, you know, they're running a fever, they're coughing, they're hacking up, and then you go like, hey, are you, know, you okay? You need to go home. And they go, no, 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 it's fine. It's just allergies. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then you you find them hiding in a ticket stock bathroom stall, and you find out it's not allergies whatsoever. Or or then you find yourself uh, feeling exactly like they did, you know, 24 to 36 hours later. Because you know how contagious right. allergies are. Yeah. I have had the the employee come into work and then make sure that they walked into my office to let me know that they have like 102 degree fever and all this other stuff. And I'm immediately like, why are you here? Go home immediately before the entire office has what you... It looks like you. I just don't phrase it quite that way. More HR-friendly yeah. way, but get the message across. See, that's one thing I like about our the my new boss at work is, is about as big of a germaphobe as I am, and he has put down the edict that if you even think you're sick, don't come in, and he'll even let you work from home, not take a vacation day. He just does not want you coming to the office with the germs, which I think is... I fully support that. Yeah, we do that all the time. I mean, this day and age of widespread telecommuting, uh, if anybody calls in and says they're not really feeling well and can I just work from home for that day, I mean, it's pretty much a green light 100% of the time, unless yeah. you feel like somebody's really abusing it. Yeah, but man, I like I said, I, as big of a germaphobe as I am, man, I don't want, I don't want that crap anywhere near me. So uh, speaking of speaking of crap... I think you were going to bring up uh, the tough weekend that Uncle Roger had last this yeah. past football weekend. Hold a good thought for Uncle Rog. So Dave uh, and I have been 
working on our sports handicapping site here for the last month or so and actually have been doing pretty good, especially in, in college football and not as well in pro football, but good enough to make our overall record be enticing to the better. So our our big plan to monetize this thing was we were going to heavily publicize uh, Wild Card Weekend for the NFL. We even spent a little money, Google AdWords, the whole bit. And if we had a good weekend during Wild Card Weekend, then we could start looking at premium picks, pay picks, picks behind the secret password, all that stuff. So we we went big. We we went to Twitter. We tagged Norm's Clubhouse in some tweets. We paid for search terms. And um, between the bets that we made or that we uh, – we handicapped for the wild card playoffs plus the uh, national championship game. We we somehow figured out a way to go zero and seven for the weekend. <laughs> and like I was telling somebody, uh, somebody that was complaining to us on Twitter, uh, a dissatisfied customer, I said, "Hey, it's just as hard to go zero and seven as it is seven and zero. It's the exact same difference. It is pretty impressive. Do you want a site that's going to just limp along and go three and four? No, Uncle Rogers." You know, full throttle, one way or the other. Win it all, or win it all, or lose it all. Yeah, but wow, what a what a disaster! So uh, the uh, the days of Uncle Roger's picks being a viable website may be pretty close to behind us. Going to need to recover big time this uh, divisional playoff weekend that's uh, yeah coming up. So before I couldn't I couldn't believe that that national championship game though. I mean that I thought. Everything that I thought was true in this world said Alabama was going to win that game. Well, I mean, it's not like it was lopsided by any means. Yeah, but the, I mean, just the fact that that uh, Clemson cracked off so many points, especially twenty-one in the fourth quarter, that that really caught me by surprise. That was not not something that I saw coming at all. It is the same team that put up forty-five against them last year. And a lot of the same key players involved, especially on that Clemson offense. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that Alabama defense was just so special that there, there was just no way it was going to happen. Historically, they've struggled with big-time quarterbacks. And that's what happened to them yeah. the other night. And, again, yeah. they got beat. Easy to say. But they got beat on a play on the last second. And it's arguable if Scarborough doesn't break his leg in the third quarter, maybe Alabama can can control the clock enough that uh, Clemson doesn't have time to make that comeback. But I think that's a fair argument. I also think if you really look at that last play, I think the case could be made that a flag probably should have been thrown on that. Um, I need to go back and actually rewatch it. I was only watching in real time and. Um, at the moment that Renfro broke to the to the corner and it was very apparent he was about to catch the winning touchdown, I was already jumping out of my chair and running around the room in celebration that Alabama was going to lose. So I didn't get a whole lot of uh, replay viewing of the play. I just saw it the uh, just the original play. But oh, I figured figured you were watching the feed with Keyshawn Johnson and Bill Walton uh, sitting in the living room. What a complete utter waste of time 
Did you at least flip around and check all of those different feeds out for a minute, or did you just stick with the original? I only go with the original, but I, I also didn't catch up on DVR until we were so very deep into the third quarter. So oh, wow. I didn't have much opportunity to uh, flip around. The were only you, one that, uh, that I heard about that I doing a may little, have been interested, no, no, not that. A little love, love making. No. Um, right. The only one I would have been interested in would have been the one with the, the coaches to get that type of analysis, but otherwise... Just it was actually... Me, I uh, stuck with it for a while. The Matt Rule, the... Is yeah. that, how do you say that name? The Baylor coach? Matt he Rule, was pretty yeah. good on there. Yeah, he was pretty good on there. The, the problem with that is that it was a lot like this podcast. It was just a whole bunch of guys talking over each other the whole time. <laughs> Chemistry how, was a little bit off. <laughs> that's how you end up on ESPN, the Ocho, is that type of chemistry. But it was good. It was it was entertaining. I, I, I stuck probably there for a little bit. I flipped over to the Alabama Homer call for a little bit just because I was desperately wanting Alabama to win the game to salvage something of the weekend. It's a tough break. Really so was. you had you had just uh like Alabama money line, or you had them uh, covering the spread. Oh no, no, I had them. I had a minus six, and then Uncle Raj decided to put out a tweet, you know, a couple hours before the game that said Alabama's going to win so big today that the entire state of South Carolina is going to stop playing football at all levels. <laughs> and I think that's the last tweet Uncle Raj made <laughs> before he wow. put the gun to his head. Yeah, <laughs> about gonna... four hours and ten minutes later. Yeah, he's gonna. Maybe have a hard time tweeting from hanging in the rafter where it says Brooks was here right next to him. <laughs> going to be a tough break for uh, for old Raj. So, yeah, um, I think that's what it's come to. I guess we didn't uh, mention how people can get a hold of us on Twitter. So you can reach me at Glenn3 underscore 11. You can find me at Tommy2 underscore 0. And I promise not to block you. Oh, wow. Oh, hey, quick update on uh, Jeff Floyd. Great. So you and Dave were blocked. When I went to look at it, it said his tweets are protected. And it said, click here to request access to view his tweets. Which you did. So I did, and and it was denied. Oh, no. But hey, I took a shot. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I guess it's see you later to uh, to that guy. You know, you can also reach us now at where to turn pod one, which I'm trying to get rid of that number. Twitter Twitter wouldn't let me just set it up as at where to turn pod, but we're getting How rid of that one. You, at I the mean, end. there's no way that I know. that's taken. I I've you know I've got to really dig into the IT and uh, maybe get on the line with Twitter support, but it would not let me set it up without the one at the end. We're getting rid of that one. That's actually our or mission just, of the podcast. Just call Dave and have him figure it out. Yeah, that's probably what we'll do, so he can earn his earn his keep for another week. And we also uh, got a little assist. I want to uh, give a shout out to the great Cody Allen, who just designed some uh, a nice banner and. And uh, avatar for the for the Twitter profile or 
handle, if you will, and it was not even requested. It was just he volunteered to do it. So uh, thanks to Cody, and if we ever meet up, then drinks one through five of your choice will be on me. That'll be a that'll be a promise. And, and weren't you supposed to email me that new avatar so that I could actually use it for the podcast, or did we just forget about that part? Do you, I mean, I haven't figured out how to get the one off the end of the handle. You think I know how to email anything? We'll, we'll get it. At this, I am looking at this. I just pulled it up, this slick new account that you've created here. This is great. Man, what a... Oh, what a day. So, I mean, we are only almost 30 episodes in. We should we should probably have, like, some kind of consistent, you know, theme or outreach to the community instead of just a, just a random grab bag of tweets coming from characters. So we're kind of getting our stuff together. When you're making notes of stuff to do, one, send me the avatar. Two... Send me the password to the Twitter account. I'm writing all this down. I, I, yeah, I think that's all I got. I don't have a three. If I here's the thing, my number two does not look like a number two. <laughs> so I don't even know if there is a number three. That's well, that's what I was. That's the point I was trying to make. Sounds like there's two members of this podcast that that's a problem for right now. Yeah. Uh. So what was the guy's name that made the avatar? I, I I missed it. Cody Allen. All right. Well, Cody, thank you. Because for 28 episodes, we've had an avatar that had the bottom right had memegenerator.net on it. <laughs> and now we're going to move we're going to move it beyond that into high resolution graphics. I thank you. Are you trying to tell me that memegenerator.net wasn't I thought they were a sponsor of this thing the whole time. Thought we just well, they out. were they were until they staked their entire company net worth on Alabama minus six, mm. and now when you go to the domain, it looks the same way that uh, it does when you go to Jeff Floyd's Twitter page. <laughs> well, speaking of things that uh, some folks may wanna may want to block, do you want to uh, just slide right on over to Gustav's favorite segment and talk a little Friday Night Lights? Do I hear? Do I hear the music playing? Uh, those and listen, I want to. I want to start by. Uh, here's what I want to do: is I want to just get the pen out here. I'm going to autograph the bottom of the screen. Five minutes are counting. I understand that there's a lot of people, aka our one listener, who doesn't like five minutes and Friday Night Lights, and for that, I want to say, I'm sorry. That's what the 15 minute skip button's for. Whoa, 15 seconds. Let's not skip 15 minutes. Did I say 15 minutes? Uh yeah. Literally, I don't know why I would I don't know why I would I don't know why I would say something about 15 minutes during a 5-minute segment. That doesn't sound right. A segment that is guaranteed to last 5 minutes or less. So where are we at? You have finished season 2 finally. I finished season 2 last night. I finished season 2 last night and what they did is they came back and in typical network TV fashion, added cliffhangers around a bunch of random story parts that I thought were already done. So most notably is our favorite paraplegic C5 vertebrae sufferer, Jason Street. You know, I told you uh, six or seven episodes ago, he banged that waitress. 
Well, she shows up uh, at his job to let him know that she is pregnant. I actually can't remember this, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bet that it's not his kid. Well, here's the thing. She told him that she hadn't been with any other guys in three months. Now, do we believe a woman when she says that? I think you can just take when she says that off the end of it, and I'd still say no. <laughs> so, of course, uh, Jason went to have uh, lunch at Applebee's with Coach because he needed to get his advice because um, the waitress was actually looking for a little bit of money to, um, how I put this delicately, take care of things. Wow. And uh, Street had done some research and found out that in his condition, uh, he's barely able to get an erection. Sorry, kids. Uh, And (laughs) his uh, sperm count is not in uh, in a place where procreation is really going to be a big factor in his world. Like where it's located? I was going to say where yeah, it's located has, or like the the actual number? Uh, the number. Oh, okay. The, I don't uh, know much about sperm didn't move to another part of his body, if that's what you're asking. I, I'm not a doctor. I mean, I know, he got, I know he took a hard hit, but that didn't happen. We'd have a real medical story on our hands. That could actually be a whole different show. No, but he convinced himself that it was a miracle baby. And... He went and had dinner with her in the season finale and said that he's willing to do whatever it takes, but she needs to have this baby because it's a miracle child. So we got that that storyline going on in uh, undersized running back news. Smash um, snuck out of the house to take his uh, rich white girlfriend on a date. And there had been a lot of racial tension amongst the families because her family's not comfortable with their daughter dating an African-American. So, of course, Smash has lived in Dylan his whole life. He's lauded everywhere he goes. But now that they have a storyline that has racial tension, all of a sudden everybody in Dylan's a huge racist. Even though he's been with white girls the entire show, He goes to the movies with this girl and catches all kinds of racial grief and finally ends with him punching a guy who is way out of line. The guy that totally deserved to get punched. So what do you think happens? Uh, Smash went to jail. He did. And then what do you think happens? Uh, There was a tornado which caused a chemical spill and they had to rebuild the prison. (laughs) You nailed it. I can't wait to see what happens in season three. No, he lost his scholarship to the prestigious Texas Methodist University because of... Oh, no. So, of course, he then goes on the binge of calling back all these other schools who were just two episodes ago camped out in his front yard, and now nobody will talk to him. He uh, tries to talk to the head coach of Alabama who tells him that they've already found a running back from the West Coast and that they they don't have time in Tuscaloosa for people with character issues. Oh, yeah, that's true to life. Yeah, that doesn't sound right at all. And so now, uh, as the season ends, Smash is seriously contemplating going to a really small uh, small school um, that doesn't even offer athletic scholarships. Uh, he got a scholarship for academics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And yeah. uh, see, if you... What I recall from this season is it ended did you notice that it seemed to end from the football season standpoint very abruptly 
Well, it ended with two games left in the season going into one of the games. Yeah, like there, it made no sense. There was there was no closure on the football side at all. Okay, so this is – I think I mentioned this to you a while back. I think this was the season that there was a rider strike, and they basically had to just panic and, and wrap it up. Okay, yeah, because from a, from a continuity standpoint, it made no sense that they – they had to win out their last three games to make the playoffs. Smash, of course, is suspended for the last three games, but he may be able to come back for the playoffs. They win the first game, and then they're about to play the second game. And yeah, and then the season's over with no no closure on anything that happened at the end of that season, which was really strange. Yeah, I think it, it ended, and I think just uh, they just used the, you know, the, like the PA announcer, or I don't remember how they did it. Maybe it was supposed to be like a radio show, just summarized that they had lost. Like they'd lost their last game, didn't make the playoffs, so they lost in the first round or something like that, but they didn't show. Oh, you see, I didn't anything. even I didn't even see that. So I don't know I don't know if that's something that that'll start at the beginning of next season, but maybe mine that's just what it was. Maybe that's what it is, is the first episode of next season. I just remember that that season two ends like out of nowhere. And like nothing yeah. is resolved and it's it's like they Well that's disappointing. I just figured they would start the next season right here and see the last two games. So they, they basically just have the radio announcer saying like, oh man, Dylan Panthers lost in the first round of the playoffs and then they just move on, huh? Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good eight. See, because I thought bit. this was gonna be I thought this was gonna be a ploy to extend another full season out of characters that are supposed to be graduating. Um no, I think after season two, I think Smash moves on. I think all the other... I think we're about to see the end of Jason Street and his C5 jersey. Man, I think they come, ship him off pretty soon. Enough. Pretty soon. I think it's safe to say that the next season is pretty lit, though. I think it's, I think it's a pretty good one. Really? I think you're going to like it. Well, Street, Street didn't need to be in it after the first episode, but that's a whole other story. Well... They took out most of them, just not not all of them. That's very well said. And the last thing I'll leave you with: there's a couple other things, but I don't want I don't want Gustav to get too upset. But Lila Garrity has converted to Christianity, and she's gotten uh, her own Christian radio show that she's hosting, and she's yes. starting to kind of flirt and date with the. Uh, very handsome male co-host of the Christian radio show. And uh, Riggins is not taking this well, so he decides the best thing he can do is get his own sports call-in radio show at the same place that Lila's doing her radio show. Because why wouldn't they employ multiple 17-year-olds and give them their own shows? Yeah, and give a guy that has a reputation as being one of the most... uh, seedy characters in town a show on a christian radio station with no interview they just put him right on the air hmm. so there were some pretty funny scenes of him taking calls on that but yeah i think i think your insight about the writer's strike clears up why it ended abruptly that was one of my notes was that it seemed it didn't really feel like a season finale because it, it really just ended with everything hanging and i my th- hypothesis until i talked to you tonight was that this was all an evil plan of the show so that they could stretch a whole other season out of this same cast of characters without having to explain why they're all coming back for a fifth year of high school. Nope. Going to be on to 
bigger and better things come season three. So does, does this in, well, does this conclude the five minutes? This concludes Friday Night Lights talk. And speaking of bigger and better things, do you think we should get into our uh, our loose change bet at this point? Well, maybe before we get to that, maybe I can debut my new segment. Oh boy. Which I like to call 60 Seconds of Silicon Valley. Oh! Ho, 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 ho. This is big news. So, this is big on a news. whim on Saturday, because uh, that Seahawks Lions game was so terrible, I just decided to punch up the old. HBO now on the on the phone and was just kind of scrolling through there and saw Silicon Valley on there and just said you know what episode one season one let's go so really the news is just that I started watching it I think I've made it through like five or six episodes pretty good little show pretty good Uh, little show yeah I mean I definitely think it's funny the main reason I stayed away from it is there's a guy on there. I think he plays Jared. He was the guy that oh, came over from the can, big company how, to help him out with like the actual. Like Jared, he's great on this show. That guy, I've seen him. I think in other other shows, and maybe he does some stand up too. He just always makes me feel uncomfortable because he looks like Slender Man or something like that. just something that really creeps me out. And they actually play off of that, which makes it funny because he. Mentioned in one of the first few episodes that, like, he's so frail that people thought he had some kind of a wasting disease when he was a kid or something like that. So, I know. I mean, there's uh, no part of it so far that I really dislike. So, we're definitely going to plow through the rest of season one here shortly. And this unlike- is great because there's so many things coming up that we're going to have. A great discussion about. I'm so this this is such pleasing news to me. Unlike you, I, I plan on being able to be caught up and you know summarize all th- three seasons. Correct. Yes, correct. I, I think my goal would be two weeks from now. I'm able to uh, be caught up and discuss the the show in its entirety. Well, that's great because in about. One and a half seasons from where you are, there's an episode involving a horse that is so shocking. I don't I even know wait. how to prepare you for it. Yeah. I've, and it's funny because I feel like I've done this, I've already done this show once today because my father, who is in his mid 60s, is almost done with season two at my recommendation. Nice. And uh, he gave me the old phone call on the way home from work today just to let me know how much he's enjoying it. We, uh, talked about a few few things that have happened that you haven't got to yet that are pretty great okay <laughs> and uh, just his overall to his overall affinity for Ehrlich Bachman nice yeah obviously I mean I think but I think one of the <laughs> one of the seminal moments not to uh be too literal of the show uh you'll understand why then is when they uh when they go to tech crunch which is a real thing I don't know if you know what that is or not but I have no idea I, I haven't Fixed our Twitter handle. I just have to reiterate that. How would I know what yeah, that's probably is? That's probably a, a real thing. Uh, I mean, that's probably a, a very valid point. But no, they go to TechCrunch to. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but but it's a it's a big show where you sh- you showcase new technology and products. And uh, at that show, Ehrlich and 
Richard figure out uh, s- something that's going to make their product a lot better. But the the way that they figure it out is quite quite hilarious. Right. And uh, so hold that thought after you watch that episode. Then I'll tell you what it was like talking about that with my dad. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I'll let you know when we get uh, that far along. So that concludes 60 seconds of Silicon Valley. So now I'm excited we can move about on. this new segment. We can move on to the loose change challenge and our uh, All right. playoff football prediction. So uh, after the first weekend, if I recall correctly, you ended up splitting the games two and two. Yes, because I really believed in New York and Detroit for some inexplicable reason. And Dave was three and one, correct? Yep, correct. And I, I was also three and one. And and Dave and I spoke on uh, Saturday as we were both in disbelief after the games were played as to I was in disbelief that I actually believed in a rookie quarterback would lead a Raiders victory, and he was in absolute disbelief. He convinced himself that the Lions could go into Seattle and pull that one out. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking as well with the Lions. That that was a that optimistic was a point of view. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I, think the way, I think the way we do this now is we just because I've got mine written down and I've got Dave's written down, so I think we just roll through them all in uh, and uh, see where we end out. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Let's do it this way. Let's just start with the a- the AFC, and we'll run through that until we get the uh, conference champion there, and then we'll go to NFC. Fair enough. And then we'll do the Fair Super enough. Bowl. So why don't we? Uh, why don't you start with Dave since you got those in front of you? Okay. So in the AFC, uh, Dave's keeping things in the East. He's got New England. Uh, winning. I don't know why. They're only a 17-point favorite right now. <laughs> if they don't win, I don't know if I can believe in anything anymore if they can't beat yeah, the Texans no- at home. There's nothing real in the world anymore if they don't win this game. And then uh, he decided to take the road Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Um, would you like to go next or you want me to go? I'll go. Uh, okay. I also – I really – did some research and feel like New England's probably going to be okay in this game. So I went ahead and took them. And uh, I actually went with the, uh, you know, memory of Jerry and uh, said Arrowhead's a hard place to play. They've got carving stations everywhere for VIPs <laughs> that want to eat before the game. And uh, I took the Chiefs. You know, I don't think uh, listeners are going to get our reference to staff that work at Arrowhead when we toured it in like 2013. You think that was too narrow of a reference? Yeah. I'm the only one who got it. Well, I'm sorry. Um, we do this show. We do this show for the listeners. So we basically, we do this show for Gustav. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And then we, and, so we talk about and not for each other. Yeah. We got to remember that. So obviously I've got new England this weekend um that's the easiest pick in the world and uh in the other game you know kansas city believe this or not or i'll ask you if you happen to know do you know the last time they won a playoff game well take us take a stab at it just year just throw out a year well 
I mean, Alex Smith has won games there, hasn't he? So when not we playoff there, games. We were there. He's not won playoff games there. No, not in Kansas I, okay, City. Okay, I'll say 2013. Just a bit off. I looked this up this week. The last time they the Kansas City won a playoff game was January the twenty second, nineteen ninety four. That cannot be right. Joe Montana won the divisional playoff game in the Astrodome against the Oilers. Wow. And another, just a local sports note, just to date how long ago that truly was, if you're maybe not good at math, um, Sports Radio 1310, the ticket, debuted, I believe it was one or two days after that game was played. That... That is so unbelievable that the first thing I will be doing after we finish recording is looking up to see if that's true, seeing if you you owe the listener an apology because that's I'd that's unbelievable. Look it up, rewatch the game. It was a great game. I remember I remember rooting for the the Chiefs that day. So I uh, I get a feeling this is kind of a this year is different kind of vibe for old old KC. So give me the Chiefs over the Steelers. So then that'll lead wow. us. We'll go back the other other order. So um, so that so that gives me New England against Kansas City and the AFC Championship. Yep. And like I said, this year is different for the Chiefs. They've got a little speed, big playability, pretty good little defense. Still got Alex Smith under center though. So give me the Patriots to come <laughs> out of the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay, so I actually and I did I did this because I feel like the point of this contest is not to be last. And I feel like you got to be different somewhere. And I took Kansas City to beat New England, to shock New England. I think I think it's a uh it's a stretch, but I'm trying to win here. I'm trying Trying to avoid having to watch a movie I don't want to watch. So yeah, you I know, took Kansas City, going to the Super Bowl. At this point, especially being you're only one game back, but if the chalk pretty much holds in the NFC, that's a little more uh, volatile, I think. But yeah, man, but you're knowing really... that I'm doing the show with two huge homers, I feel like <laughs> my chance to be different is going to be on the AFC side, and I felt like this was it, and I was right because. Uh, Actually, Dave took Pittsburgh to go to the Super Bowl. So interesting. Really? So fascinating. So you you may be sitting real pretty in first place here if things play out according to plan. All right. So we've got I got New England. Dave's got Pittsburgh. You've got the Chefs going out the of the chefs, AFC. That's correct. So let's that's go. Correct. Let's go to the NFC. I'll I'll start here. I think Please we're see. gonna have uh, one very close, closely contested game. And one not so closely contested game in the NFC this weekend, and we'll start out in uh, in Atlanta, where I am predicting that the Falcons are going to run the Seahawks right out of the Georgia Dome and run up about a two two to three score victory on the Seahawks. Wow! Bold. Yes. And uh, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, man, this is going to be 
it's going to be pucker time when it gets uh, late fourth quarter because this is going to be a close one. But in the end, I believe in the uh, in their ability to to run the ball, and I believe in the right leg of Dan Bailey, and I'll take the Cowboys by a field goal. Wow, wow, very very descriptive picks. Uncle Roger picks dot com may be hiring soon. <laughs> I could use the word. You may have a you may have a gift. So I also went with Atlanta. I I hesitate to feel this way after being so wrong about Detroit, but I still I still don't buy Seattle. I don't buy Russell Wilson this year. I think I think I agree with you. I think Atlanta is gonna win this and I feel like they're gonna win it with without it being a too much of a sweat. And in Jerry World, I also went with Dallas. I the fatalist in me just thinks Green Bay is going to win, but the more I really think about the game and the more I look at the game, I mean, our offense is really, really good. Green Bay's coming in banged up. I think there's a there's a fair amount of scoring in the game. I think the game goes over the total. I think at some point we're able to just continue to score and uh, and and not necessarily pull away big, but we were able to to keep putting points up, and at some point we're going to get a stop or two, and we're gonna we're gonna win the game. That's my theory. And uh, Point Break Dave is uh, also going Atlanta and Dallas. Okay. So we'll start with him. Uh, NFC Championship. Who does he have playing he, the Steelers in Super Bowl L I? He has a matchup of what Super Bowl, whatever the what nineteen ninety six Super Bowl, whatever that was, Pittsburgh and Dallas. Oh yes, Pittsburgh and Dallas, very nice. TV ratings friendly for sure. Yes, uh, and I got? have the uh, game that I think Lamar Hunt is going to be really interested. He'll probably go get tickets, you know, right on the fifty yard line for this one. Uh, his Kansas City Chiefs against his hometown of Dallas. Man, I oh, would imagine him, him, and uh, Dimebag Daryl will probably be sitting right next to each other for this. <laughs> probably so. So those would be uh, two great results for the sports fan around here. Um, so I hope uh, everybody's ready for me to just drop kick the momentum right out of this thing because I'm going Falcons Patriots in Super Bowl wow. 51. Wow. So you have dropped the Cowboys out of the out of the postseason. I have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry wow. to Dak. I'm sorry to Zeke. I'm sorry to Dan Bailey's right leg. And it's really well, give me some of your thinking. What's gonna happen? Why why do we why do we fear the Falcons so much? Uh their offense. And uh, I hate to – I'm probably going to end up regretting this. Uh, for one thing, he's not a normal rookie quarterback, but rookie quarterbacks just don't make the Super Bowl. And the other thing, I think Atlanta's offense is spectacular. I think Dallas will have a hard time shutting them down, um, especially if Julio Jones is still healthy. Now the thing goes against my historically it goes against my thinking because I have a theory that Matt Ryan is really good when he plays at home, but any big road game he's terrible, and he's mm-hmm. been terrible in road playoff games. See, uh, 
2011, 2012 maybe, where they went to New York and got beat 24-2. to um, But I think they're going to come in here and they're going to come in here and get it done. And it's going to be a very nice, successful season for Dallas, but it's going to fall one game short. All right, well, before we, before we unleash our Super Bowl picks, I want to ask you one question about your prediction with Atlanta. Julio Jones comes in here, has a big game. Is he the best Julio to ever play in Arlington? Not even close. Would you the rank man, Franco and Bourbon ahead of him? <laughs> I would put the man of many gold chains ahead of Julio Jones for sure. Julio Bourbon, that's close. You're gonna, you can't put me on the spot to uh, to make that ranking. Good try though. All right, well, let's do it then. Who is going to win Super Bowl LI in the? Armpit of a town of Houston, Texas. Um, Falcons, Patriots. Now, after Matt Ryan has comes in here and throws for 340 yards and three touchdowns and celebrating his his league MVP and he's just just riding high, he's then going to fulfill my normal prophecy and he's going to be terrible in a game away from the Georgia Dome. Throw a couple picks and. The Patriots will win fairly easily and win yet another Super Bowl. Bold prediction there. He picks the favorite going in. He talks all this strategy, and at the end of the day, he picks the favorite to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Now, I, on the other hand, did what everybody wants to have happen, and I'm saying that – your Dallas Cowboys are going to be the Super Bowl champions when they drill the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. If that ends up being the matchup, that will happen. Unfortunately, I agree. it's just not It's not going to happen. But if you're telling me that my trade-off for the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl is that I have to watch and review the movie Loose Change for the podcast, I'm willing to make that. That's a trade I'm willing to make. It works out on the I, trade machine. I think that works out. I think there's analytics around that trade. And point break, Dave. Your Dallas Cowboys. Wow. To once a again of homers. Once again, make Mike Tomlin storm off the field and wonder how could this happen? Will Mike Tomlin wear sunglasses inside Energy Field or Energy Stadium? For the Super Bowl, if they make it, there's a 100% chance. And the, he wears the aviator sunglasses, doesn't he? Dude, he's a cool guy, man. Oh, I totally aviator. agree with that. He just kind of looks like Maverick from Top Gun. I mean, the sunglasses. Obviously, there's other subtle differences. Just, yeah, a couple small things. But no, he's a cool dude. He will obviously be wearing the aviators. So you were surprised, I assume. Uh, as we switch gears here, no pun intended, to hear the uh, Carl Edwards retirement? Very. And very suspicious of the Carl Edwards announcement, too. Do you think he has HIV? Oh, no, 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 no. I oh. Listen, I know you were, you were... I think you took the rest of the week off work to just get the celebration started for this news. Ironically, this hit I, me hard. Ironically, I've been doing backflips 
since the <laughs> announcement was made, just so I don't have to look or hear from that guy anymore. Oh, this hit me hard. He, this is a top five guy for me. This, this is not news I wanted to hear. But I'll, always my, thought he my, was a fraud. Wow, couldn't be further from the truth. These guys a class act. It's a class act. But my follow the money theory here is uh, is just that you need to follow the money. He he had sponsorship troubles uh, a couple years ago when he came over to Gibbs and gets bailed out by a company nobody's really ever heard of, Aris Communications. Okay. And uh, if you didn't know, they're a Mexican company. They're based in Mexico, Mexico. And the suspicious part of the deal was that when they signed on, they also insisted that Daniel Suarez join Joe Gibbs Racing as an Xfinity driver, even though his prior racing experience up to that point would not normally point him directly to the second highest NASCAR series in the nation. It did work and, out, though. He did win the championship this year. Right, but I mean, not to t- I, and I mean no offense to Daniel Suarez, but... Uh-oh, buckle it's, up. It's, no, it's, it's like... You you enter you know uh, um, a minor league uh, game with a professional team. You get a, a Joe Gibbs prepped car in a in a series where you know half the people are driving the, the gas cap Louis Tampax car, and there's only four or five cars that are even capable of winning. And then f- you know four of those five cars are driven by Cup drivers who aren't eligible to earn points. It's not exactly rocket science how he won the championship. He's out there. He won the champion against against. Uh, he won. He Josh Wise's car that's sponsored by Dogecoin. Yes, <laughs> and John West Townley, the Chicken Man, sponsored by Zaxby's because his dad owns Zaxby's. No, but this, what this this was was a guy driving first place equipment in sixth and seventh place every week. And everybody finishing ahead of him wasn't eligible to collect points, so he won the title. This is not this is not a this is not a up this is not a Hunter Jones situation. Let's just put it that way. So you're trying another reference no one gets but me, but you're trying to just say adios to Daniel Suarez, aren't you? <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. What I'm what I'm In saying Espanol. is I bet there was a there was a phone call that was made behind the scenes from Aris that said, look get Suarez in our Mexican car or we're going to take our Mexican <laughs> money back to Mexico. And Carl Edwards had to backflip out of there, but because he's such a class act and because he probably wants to work again in NASCAR, he took the high road and said, Hey, you know, I want to retire. And he kind of made these weird allusions to want to get out with his health and being worried about concussions and all this stuff. It's not true. And if he gets called and offered a job to drive for a team tomorrow, he'll take it because he wants to keep racing. But there, there was no more rope for him there at Joe Gibbs because the sponsor with all the money said they wanted to uh, take things a different direction, and that's what happened. I think he'll, I think he'll take this year off, but I also think he'll be by the channel because what if, uh, if, if. If Junior's brain starts sliding around again in his head and he can't drive, are you telling me Carl Edwards is not going to climb into the 88? There's no question he would. And yeah. and, I, and I mean, and I don't even think it has to be the 88. I, I think uh, if Josh Wise went down, 
He'd crawl into the 98 if he needed to. There's no way he's driving the kickstarter.com Nissan that Josh Wise is <laughs> trolling around there at, around the infield finishing in 38th. That's if if that's Matt not if Matt De Benedetto gets diarrhea <laughs> just watch out. That's all I'm saying. So I wish Dave was here cuz we had kind of a offhand conversation earlier this week about uh whether Carl Edwards could deadlift more than China. That is when <laughs> that is when China was still alive. Uh, and I actually <laughs> I was say that's a very easy no. Otherwise, yeah. Because uh, I actually looked it up just a little while ago, right before we got into that, and it looks like China could deadlift 420 pounds. I guess at her. So this peak. is actually documented somewhere. Wow. Uh, it's according to internet, and then trying to look up. A deadlift max for Carl Edwards is a little more difficult, although I did find a YouTube video saying here's Carl Edwards who weighs, you know, 215 pounds deadlifting 550. Well, there you go. Wow, let's take a look at this. And so I did take a look at it earlier while we were recording, and Carl Edwards did deadlift 550 pounds. (laughs) The only difference is this Carl Edwards was a black guy, so I don't think it's the same one who uh, used to backflip out of the 99 Office Depot uh, Toyota or Chevrolet or Dodge or whatever it was. That was my theory. Do you think Carl Edwards, driver of the former driver of the RS-19, could be the only white Carl Edwards in America right now? <laughs> I think that's very, very doubtful. And I think his car was sponsored by Aflac, not Office Depot, but, you know, whatever. So there you go. So we have uh, we asked for emails and questions, and we uh, promised if you send us an email and a question, you also have some suggestions for intro and outro music that we'll we'll use that. This is true. Now this is going to be a complete shock to you, I'm sure, but our first email slash series of questions comes from one KJ Ellis. Wow. I know that's very surprising. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with all this. And let me uh, bear with me as I attempt to access said message. So does this mean that today's intro song is a result of this message? Yes. It will be. It was KJ's uh, suggestion. Okay, well. Scrolling, scrolling. Internet at email.com. Hold on. And where is it? Oh, here we well, go. You know, if you can't find it, I'm picking the music. So no, no, no. I we've got it here, and I will. Uh, yeah, and we'll get his uh, intro selection uh, on this week's episode. So, uh, real quick question: Do you re- remember the uh, quarterback challenge that they used to do every year? It used to be kind of a wide world of sports thing. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So his question is, uh, who was your favorite quarterback challenge competitor? Wow. I'm going to have to let you go first on this, Glenn, because I don't even know if I can answer this question. All right. Think about it for a second. I got this a a few days ago when he sent it, and – I think the original just complete 
master of this competition was was Dan Marino. He couldn't win a Super Bowl, but he could win a quarterback challenge. He could hit those targets that are sliding across the field, you know, 45 yards away with pretty good consistency. So I think he was the best at it and probably my favorite as well. So let's see here. Because this is kind of in my wheelhouse. Oh, I'm looking here. It looks like Dan Marino won it two years in a row. He did. 1991 and 1992. And I think they they stopped doing it. I think they did this for about a decade. And then they shut it it down. Longer than a decade. They actually ended it in 2007. Oh, okay. Josh McCown being the last winner. And Chris Sims winning it the year before that. I think that's why it got shut down because maybe it got to one of those things where it wasn't going to be allowed in. Boy, it was spare. It was spares ahoy. I'm going to backing up from 07. Listen to this spare ahoy, spares ahoy winners Josh McCown, Chris Sims, Jake DeLome. Matt Hasselback, Brad Johnson, Jeff Garcia, Trent Dilfer, and then in 2000, Jake the Snake Plumber. Uh, I believe Plumber won it like two or three years in a row. He won it. You know what? He won it. So there you go. That's going to be my answer then, KJ. Jake the Snake, 1999 and 2000. There's my favorite competitor. Back to back. Okay, KJ has another question. It's actually a series of questions. And it has to do with uh, the same topic, which is President Obama's wallet. So he asks, when do you think the last time was that Obama carried cash? On average, if he does, how much does he carry? Does he actually carry a wallet? And what all is in it? You know, I actually have some insight into the answer of this question. Because, and I don't know why I was watching this, but it was one of those goofy news shows, and it was a couple of years ago now. But he was making a, uh, a public appearance at some restaurant and he was buying, you know, it was, it was like a photo opportunity. It's just cameras there or whatever. And he's buying dinner for him and the girls. And he stands up there and I guess somebody had handed him a credit card or whatever. And they flipped the, the little reader around, you know, where you slide your card. And he had no idea what to do. Like he had not done it in so long that he, he was totally confused that you did the transaction yourself at a, at a, at a machine at the counter. So my guess, my guess is no wallet, no cash, no credit cards. And he hasn't carried any of that with him in eight years now. doesn't seem like you'd have any need to. No, because if you think about, yeah. And if you think about, he's not going anywhere that's not carefully scripted out and planned out ahead of time. And if he's going to go somewhere where, you know, like a restaurant or whatever, where he needs to buy food, you know, they're, they're going to give it to him for free because there's probably going to be secret service agents standing over the guy cooking it to make sure, you know, they don't put the uh, stevia with the uh, <laughs> ricin inside of it. Right. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. If he does carry one, that's just where he hides his cigarettes. And maybe his well, like, he just- college basketball tournament picks, but... Doesn't he just cup it like Barry Switzer used to? Uh, what? Sorry, go ahead. I'm not. I'm not sure where uh, where that's going. So, uh, all right. So thank you, KJ. And now let me 
go again on a search for an email that we got from Gustav. We can maybe ask Gustav while you're looking, which is worse, uh, five minutes in Friday Night Lights or five minutes in Glenn scrolling through his email because he didn't prepare for the show. Uh, it's all just about the live experience is what we're about. So here we go. Yeah, and since there's no real good live sports on. Uh, it says, congratulations on nearly four consecutive weeks of episodes. Gustav thinks our recording when we're all in person is best, which... Oh, I, I completely agree. I totally agree. We're trying to work that out with our schedules and uh, as far as a place that we can do it. Unfortunately, sometimes even just the two of us, certainly the three of us, it all just, it rarely works out. And so we have to go through the uh, miracle of cellular phone technology. So we are going to try to do more in-person recording because I do think we get a better better episode. So he says, in-person recording is best and Friday Night Lights is the worst. So... Yeah, we got that noted. Noted. Okay. Uh, we his tried question, to get through it faster this oh, week. Go ahead. We tried to get through it faster this week. Yeah, I think we may have stuck to right around five minutes. It wasn't 14 like last week. Yeah, so uh, we're doing better. Multi-layer question here. Do you prefer full shag carpeting, smaller area rugs, or smooth hardwood floors? I throw it to you. Well, I mean, don't we all... I mean, this is 2016. Don't we all like the feel of good, smooth, rich, distressed, hand-scraped hardwoods? I think we do. I think it's a very uh, high preference. Um, As I look around my domain here, I'm not sure if this is considered full shag carpeting. Can you can you have half? Can you shag halfway? Is that possible? Just kind of have half and half. Yeah, I don't. That just seems I don't know, lazy, but, but but I see that. I see a moderate, probably not small, but a moderate area rug, and I also see a a room with hardwood floors. So. I guess my answer is I love it all and love it all equally. So we like about you, Glenn, is you don't discriminate. No. I mean unless you're paralyzed in some way and then I gotta think about it. Well, it was a nice callback to Friday Night Lights talk. Any other emails? Um no. Let me just refresh here just to make sure there wasn't any last minute. Oh boy. We don't need any more live updates from you trying to figure out how to use your computer. No, we're good. Uh, no, we didn't have, uh, did not receive anything else. So, um, I think I'm tapped out. You got anything else? Yeah, we're, we're, we're actually right at our, uh, one hour allotment right now. So I think, I think now's a good place to end and go Cowboys. And no matter what happens in the game, Gustav, we're going to spend more of next episode talking about Friday Night Lights than we do that. So suck it. (laughs) The end. <laughs>